I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker, and Michael Glassman's not with me this week, but he will be soon. So you are so lucky because you get me all to yourself. <laughs> anyway, I think it's a good thing, and I have a lot of information to impart, uh, impart so maybe it's a good thing for you as well. Now, we're in Sacramento here, and it's been in hundreds for quite a few days. This is this is the norm for Sacramento, and most of the time it's been the norm, although it's even hotter than normal, and these heat waves go on for longer, just like what's going on in the rest of the world. England is having a heat wave. France is having a heat wave. Things are different, and as things change with our climate, so must our landscapes change. This is no longer a time. Well, actually, Sacramento, before it was called Sacramento, was known as Camellia City. So imagine back in the days, camellias, azaleas, dogwoods, all these lush, water-loving plants and shrubs were the norm. And um, that's just not the case anymore. They're, they're suffering. In fact, most of the birch trees that we have planted around Sacramento that have been here for many years are really suffering and dying because the water table has dropped as well. So if you're thinking about uh, trees to put in, do not plant birch. They are beautiful. I get it. They're, they're stately. They're white. But they don't do really well. But Michael's already talked about that, um, talking about the river birch that does better. However, they like water. So what I want to talk to you about is what does work and what we can start doing more of, and that is planting succulents. Now, years ago, I forgot how many years ago, but um, an author of the book called Designing with Succulents got in touch with me, and she was getting in touch with uh, landscape designers in Sacramento. She's from the Southern California area where succulents are abundant, and they didn't have, they don't have the cold winters that we have or had. And she said, why aren't you using more succulents? And I said, well, you know, sometimes it goes down to 24 degrees here, and a lot of them don't make it. But things have been warming up, and as things warm up and we start requesting these plants uh, from the nurseries, they start stocking them. And now if you go to the nursery, local nurseries, you're going to find whole sections of succulents. What I love in the landscape, and I use in almost all the landscape I design, are dwarf agaves. I love agaves. But beware, there are some agaves that get massive, and yes, you can make tequila from them. However, I don't know if you're going to survive the plant because getting close to them is dangerous. You know, they have sharp thorns. But there are all types of agave, and I like the dwarf ones because they'll stay, they might get three feet by three feet, and that might sound big to you, but that's nothing like getting six or seven feet by five feet, which um, I planted and have planted in certain areas where there's enough room for those. But Almost all the landscapes I do have some kind of dwarf agaves, and they're pretty amazing. Some of them, even though they have thorns, there's a geometry to them where their rosettes are so perfect and so beautiful that they're really showpieces. To me, they're like specimen plants. And a specimen plant would be, you know, like a serpentine cedar or Japanese maple. But now we're talking hot hot weather and agaves are beautiful now there's all kinds of succulents i also a client gave me some aloe vera gosh i don't know maybe over 12 years ago 
Well, let me tell you, they're like kittens. They are propagating everywhere. And I let them go because they do so well in the heat. And I've had a drip system in for 20 years now. And my front is just blazing sun most of the day. And those guys just keep multiplying. And as you know, agave could be used. You could use it on burns, on cuts. You can peel the layers and put it in your blender. It's very healthy to drink too. People buy agave. So, I mean, aloe, sorry, um, aloe vera. And there are many different types and they're so beautiful. They bloom beautifully and the hummingbirds love them. They've got a little coral color. Some are red. And um, it's a plant that I highly recommend. Now, before I get into too many plants, I want to talk about um, besides. Okay, so there's one book. Deborah Lee Baldwin is called Designing with Succulents. And the designs are unbelievable, colorful, beautiful. And, you know, for the most part, these succulents are year round. They don't go dormant. And if they do go dormant, you don't know about it because they look like they're normal on top. And there's sedums as ground covers, all different types of sedums. I have them all over my garden, and it makes just this beautiful carpet. And, um, yes, they need water. Succulents are not xeriscape plants. Do I need to repeat that? They are not xeriscape plants. Now, there are many that survive. Cactus will survive, and a lot of different species will survive. But if you're doing the hens and chicks, the echeverian, the sempervivens, the sedums, the aeoniums, they do need some water. Not a lot, but they do need water. And um, this particular book, Designing with Succulents, she'll go into the kind of mix if you want to propagate them, how to propagate them, the, a great mix that's used at the Huntington Hartford Museum in, in Los Angeles, who has an amazing garden, succulent garden. Um, and there's all kinds of information from planting hanging baskets to planters to in-ground to tree-like succulents that actually grow the size of trees. The other book I want to talk about, which is a new uh, acquisition for me, I love gardening books, is called Hot Color Dry Garden. And it's by Nan Sternman, Sturman, S-T-E-R-M-A-N. And by the way, I put these on my Facebook, my Roberta Walker Landscape Design Facebook page. Both these books are on there, and if you um, if if you didn't get a pen quick enough, or you know you don't have anything to write it down, you can go to my Facebook page, and you can um, you could see these books. But definitely, if you're living in a hot, dry climate like we are, um, it's, these are great books to have. The hot color has more than just succulents. Designing with succulents are succulents, and um, the hot, dry color has plants that just do really well. And they are stunning. Oh, my gosh. The colors are absolutely stunning. So one thing that we need to really go over here is how to plant, where to plant, how to space them out, what to plant them with. So a favorite combination, I, I use mounds quite a bit. And I, I've talked about this before, that an easy way, if you have a flat yard, you're getting rid of all the grass, an easy way to start creating something amazing on a very low budget is to put in some mounds. Also, to put in a pathway from the street up to your door. So you've got a pathway. You don't want to do it straight. You have it curved a little bit. And all of a sudden, what you're doing is you're changing this geometric shape that might have been a rectangle and might be a square. Whatever it is, when you start adding curves to it, all of a sudden something happens. Your eye is now following the curve. It's not just seeing all four corners and you're done. So um, 
having a path with a curve, adding some mounds, you want to add cobble, that's great. But let's say or not that you have a mound. And if you don't have a mound, no big deal. But in a space where there's a lot of space around it is where I would choose your agaves. Again, it depends on the size. You might want a giant one. You might want a middle-sized one. But give it room because once you plant it, you don't want to go around it. And the plants around it should be plants also that you don't want to go around. They take care of themselves. So generally what I do is, um, let's say on a mound, I'll do a, a dwarf yucca. Now there's some beautiful yuccas. I use two different variegated yuccas. One is called Color Wave and the other is called Bright Star. The Bright Star sort of fans out a little bit lower. The variegated Color Wave get, you know, they, they kind of go upward a little bit. And both of them, well, I don't know about the Bright Star, but I know the Color Wave because I grow them, come up with beautiful candles of white flowers at a certain time of year. They only get three feet high. So I'm not talking about the yucca that looks like it's out of a Dr. Seuss book. However, they're wonderful as well. They're very sculptural. If you're living in a mid-century modern house or a modern house, they go perfectly with that kind of architecture. So check out all the yuccas. But um, I'll usually do a yucca, a boulder or two, some dwarf agaves, and then a little bit towards the outside, I'll do something like um, red hot pokers, which are nymphophia, and they're beautiful. But they do, you know, after the flowers bloom, the stalks get kind of dry and you cut them. So you don't want them that close to the agave or the yucca because it's, you know, it's ouchy. And then, um, so with the red hot pokers, what I love to put around those as well are different types of yarrow, which is known as Achilla. And um, Achilla is named after Achilles. I think I might have mentioned that in an earlier podcast about herbs because uh, yucca, yarrow, is very good for cuts. Um, euphorbia. I use There's different kinds of euphorbia. The only euphorbia I've really had luck with, and I'm not talking about the succulent type of euphorbia because it's a massive, massive family, is one called the wolfinii. And um, I never know if I'm saying it right. So, you know, it's like tomatoes and tomatoes. I'm saying wolfinii. Could be wolfinii. I don't know. But anyway, I love them, but they travel. So, but if you have a drought tolerant landscape and you're getting rid of all the grass, things that travel aren't so bad. You know, it's like it fills in the space and it's nice. You just want to make sure they stay, you know, in an area that doesn't make the whole thing look like chaos. So I've got, you know, the yarrow, I've got the um, euphorbia, the red hot pokers, also kangaroo paws, anagazanthus, this is the smaller color, and then you could start putting in the salvias, the, the coreopsis, but your big show in the middle are your agaves. And then if you want to stick with just agaves, hens and chicks, sedums, that's fine too. It's a beautiful combination. As for trees, I have and have had for many years, I planted a California pepper, Shinus, S-C-H-I-N-U-S. They're wonderful. They weep. They're evergreen. And um, also the Palo Verde, which is a Cercidium. It's beautiful. It blooms yellow. These are hot trees. These are trees that could just take the heat um, if you're completely exposed. And with anything, no succulents or, or anything else, planting in a hundred and some odd degree with very dry conditions is not the greatest thing. We do it because we have to. We're landscapers, landscape designers, and we work all year long. But 
we use very tough plants that can handle this. But if you have the choice, choose to do it later in the fall. I think fall now has become my favorite time for planting. And, you know, there's a lot of flowers, too. I mean, there's many kinds of cystus, which is rock rose. There, gosh, there's cystus um, that could be shrub hedges. You know, they could be three to five feet. And they've got a beautiful flower in the spring, the cystus purpurea, the white. And there's um, a wonderful ground cover that I use called scambergii. That'll get about 10 feet wide, again in the spring, filled with pink blossoms. It looks like a rose in bloom. It's amazing. And then I use the variegated, the smaller cystus mickey. There's cystus mickey, which will get about, it could get three and a half feet in, tall and wide. And then it's same plant, but made to be smaller is the cystus little miss sunshine watch it though there's a huge price difference because little miss sunshine is patented i think um, by sunset and so you're looking at a 22 23 plant versus a 10 dollar plant you know depending on where you're shopping so a dry garden doesn't mean all cactus and succulents there's so many plants um, that 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 work as well and um, like I said when you have agave popping up um, I remember I did a landscape design and you know back then a few people were taking the challenge of getting rid of their grass or having some planters with no grass and so what they use as the common ground cover is rosemary rosemary's nice but all rosemary gets kind of boring so what I did is I broke it up with some dwarf agave and it was stunning really beautiful. So, you know, you don't have to tear out what you've got. You could use what you've got and then add to it. Um, there's these agaves that don't get too big. I mean, three to four feet high is not that big. Okay. So there's the uh, attenuata nova, absolutely beautiful. Also the blue flame, which is stunning, absolutely stunning. And you don't have to live in the Bay Area to grow these. They, they look great. I was talking about the aloes, and I use the, the little aloe vera. It doesn't get that big. You know, I think the plant itself might get about 12 inches high, and then the stalk will come up, of course, uh, to about 14 or 16 inches high. However, there's an aloe called ferox, F-E-R-O-X, and that baby gets six to nine feet tall, four feet wide, stunning columns of red flowers. If you have the room to do this aloe ferox and some agaves, and some variegated yucca, it's color. It's color. Not only is it color, it's statuesque. It's it's creating art in your yard that's alive and living and habitat friendly. What what more could you ask for? I know what you can ask for. You could ask for someone else to put it in and pay for it. <laughs> it's not going to happen though. But anyway, it's it's an idea um, for you. There's also um, Arctostaphylus. We're in an area um, where manzanita is, it grows wild up in the higher climates. I have found, other than the ground cover manzanita, that the other ones don't do so well here. Um, I've, I've put them in and they've, they've died in the heat. I, I don't, you know, even though they say in Sunset uh, Western Garden might say that they work, you really have to go local and see what actually works before you go buy something that's really expensive and, and putting it in. So um, so another, oh gosh, there's just so many choices here. Um, sometimes I use cordyline. I used to use formium, which is a flax, but they, they really don't like blasting sun. I find that the cordylines, which are from Australia, and there's a whole range of them. I mean, from red to variegated to bright pink, 
it's amazing. They work a lot better. However, they get big. So it might look like a sweet little plant to put in in this one little area, but guess what? It could get anywhere. It, you know, the gosh, there's the sparkler, Tobe sparkler gets about 18 feet high. <laughs> so, so really research what you're putting in. Another plant that is deciduous that I absolutely love is a purple smoke tree. It's called Cotinus, C-O-T-I-N-U-S. What a fabulous color. They come in green and they come in a deep purple. I love the deep purple. And they call it a purple smoke tree because when their blooms are blooming, they're teeny tiny pink blooms and it looks like cotton candy all over the plant. Really gorgeous. Really, really wonderful. So both these books, like I said, are on my Facebook page, Roberta Walker Landscape Design. And um, I so recommend that you check it out because we're in a whole new world now. We're in a whole new climate, no matter where you are. I know that, you know, I was just in New York and it was muggy as all hell. Ugh. And it rained. One day it just started pouring like crazy. Well, that happens, you know, through the Midwest and the East. It does not happen here. We haven't seen rain for months. Well, actually, I did see rain the morning of my garden tour, but that's the way it goes, right? They say if you want it to rain, hang out the laundry. Unfortunately, it doesn't always work because we could use the rain. But bottom line is this. We're living in a hotter, drier climate, and it's time to change things up. It is time to get rid of water-hungry lawns. Come on, people. We are in the worst drought ever. And and um, places like Los Angeles, they've already been restricted down to 40% of their water. So really, use water wisely. You could still have beauty and color and, you know, step out of the box of shrubs, trees, and grass. You know, create something beautiful and habitat friendly. When you're putting in big lawns, no one's coming to visit. No healthy insects are coming to visit. No birds are coming to visit your lawn. You know, they're going to stay in the trees, but they're attracted to color and scent. And you can have all of this. Roses do fine in the heat. You know, they're not blooming so well, but roses are beautiful in the spring here. And then after that, um, you know, they'll, they'll bloom and then they'll, they'll crisp up, but they're there. And then in the fall, they look lovely as well. I use um, a lot of grevilleas as well. Again, Australian plants. See, Australia has parts of it, a climate like we do. So a lot of the plants that they're bringing into the nursery now are Australian, which, you know, the uh, leucodendrons, the grevilleas, the um, anagazanthus, the kangaroo paws, and many others are working really well. I know um, a lot of people want to stick with natives. That's fine, too. It's a different type of color palette and they do go dormant at different times but you can mix them up that's what i do i don't do whole landscapes of natives unless it's asked for and required because that's that's quite a different landscape and if you're going from a land and i'm gonna say normal a normal landscape with shrubs and trees and grass to something new more drought tolerant um, it would be a big leap to go all natives there is an in-between of plants that survive on a drip system that do very well here and could take the heat and could take the cold of winter as well. So check out these books, Designing with Succulents by Deborah Lee Baldwin. And she has two other books um, also having to do with succulents and, and creating a garden. And this new one, um, Hot Color Dry Garden. It's really wonderful. 
And if you get a chance, um, if you live on the West Coast, there's the um, Berkeley Botanical Garden. It's got great succulents. Um, there's the Ruth um, Bader. Did I say that right? No, I think it. Gosh darn it. Well, we talked about it before in our garden. Ruth Bancroft Garden in Walnut Creek. I still have to get there. Amazing. Oh, my God. I bought the book. It's just beautiful, the succulents and whatnot. If you're in Southern California, of course, it's the Huntington Hartford. That's fabulous. There's so many gardens that um, are done with succulents that are beautiful, but we're not used to using them. I want you to get used to using them. Even if you're creating little, you know what I recently, I've had this fire pit for years. It's brass, really nice. I think over the 20 years I've had it, it may be used, got used five times because, you know, take the wood, you have to light it and you, you know, you're sitting around it and the smoke's in your face. Now there's gas ones and it's easier. But anyway, it was hanging around my yard and it's nice to look at. It's all brass and it has a, you know, black wrought iron stand. Finally, I thought, well, gosh, I, why didn't I think of this before? I completely planted it with succulents, and it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And the bottom has a hole because that's how you used to let the ash out, you know, from the fire pit. So if you have an old fountain hanging around that's not working and you have an old fire pit like this, consider turning it into a succulent planter. They're lovely, and they don't take very much care. And succulents are so easy to propagate. I, you could have a succulent party and have everyone bring whatever succulents they have and um, you could all take cuttings off each other's succulents and they grow so easily and so quickly. I, I give my neighbor as much aloe as he wants because it just grows like crazy and in turn he brings fresh tomatoes. That is a good deal for me. Fresh tomato sandwiches, oh, the best. Anyway, I don't want to segue from plants to food, although food is another favorite of mine, but I'm going to stick with plants in this podcast. And this podcast is all about succulents and hot, dry plants, plants that create beautiful colors, beautiful habitats, but can deal with the heat. So thank you for joining me again. Check out my Facebook page, Roberta Walker Landscape Design. Michael has a Facebook page too, but I did put these books on mine today. And um, just for reference, because I know that when we talk about we have a, another website, the blueberry.net, I guess it's too complicated to get to. So at least this, this I'm hoping is easier. Anyway, thank you for joining me. Stay cool. Stay hydrated. Keep your plants alive. And let's think about doing things more sustainably and more artsy. That's artsy. Okay, I just got back from New York, so I'm going to say Otzi. Anyway, thank you for joining me. I'm Roberta Walker, and this is Digging Deep.